Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. How you living, buddy? Well, a couple of things. Number one. Yep. Well, I'll throw out some topics here. You'd say, where do you want to go? All right. Choose your own adventure. Wild news of the day of the National Football League. We don't need to go there oh, yet. I, I thought you were going somewhere else. No. With that, considering what we just <laughs> no, seen. No. I like that my job. That would be a tough for us to navigate. <laughs> I like my job a lot. <laughs> Number two. need a hell of a guide to get us through that. We really would. Like the river and deliverance. Like you got to make need sure. Magua. Magua. We would need Magua. We'll That'd show be the you way the to way. do it. Yeah. Magua would show us the way. The return of the fruit stand collection. Back. Back and better than ever. Yep. Boulder. And then three would be the 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 Nana birthday meal and I can report on my uh the, the tenderloin. So those that's those are choose your own adventures for yeah, the day. For you, yeah. Okay. Um so all of those are titillating. I'm wondering if should we do we do that or do we do the Brady thing first or well, do we do this? I gave you that. one of those. That's the, wild, that the NFL wild news, news? Wild yeah, NFL the news of, of the day. What do you mean? Three like major things have happened no, no, no. since we lasted our show. Yeah, but the, the Brady is the Brady stuff considered wild? I mean, it felt like where there was we did this a year ago. He did on the same day. Yeah. But it felt like Vegas, San Francisco, like it didn't feel like anybody thought this was coming. No. And he was very mad at Jim Gray. He was not pleased with Jim Gray a week ago. But he could have been mad at him for many of Jim Gray's just, past transgressions because he's just being Jim Gray. Being, yeah, right. Being curmudgeon. Yeah, for being Toby. Yeah. He's a lot like that. Yeah. I was thinking about Brady in this context. All right, so there we go. So we Path were we were we are all men were forty. You, me, and Gibbe. And as a kid, like fourth Super Bowls was almost a mythical number. Like the Steelers had four. And it was like, well, no one's going to get four. When I was little, when we're little kids, okay. I'm talking sure, about. Sure, sure, sure. Um, it was like I well, wasn't even I, who, born yet. Who then. could ever? Well, no, I don't remember that either. But yeah. I, I'm just saying, just from the context of like my first memories of football were the Steelers won four Super Bowls, yeah. and, and it was, was like, man, I don't. That feels like a lot uh, yeah. to be able to knock that out. And and then, you know, the Niners did it. Joe got four. In a they decade. stacked them in a decade. At Steelers in the same decade too. Yep. D- Joe went four and zero in the Super Bowls, and um, and it was like. When Joe got the fourth, okay, that's it. It's the end of the conversation. That's the guy. Like that when we had the conversation before that, and, and in those days it was Unitas, and it was always Unitas that everyone yeah. was pointing towards. Was was always uh, Johnny U. But then when Joe got the fourth, it was like, well, that's it. That's no one's four Super Bowls. Never I mean, lost. so him and Bradshaw never, never lost. Never lost. Like all of that, nothing. Um, and and then of course they went to five with Young, and then the Steelers went to five, and so forth, and in a way that you go. And so then I was thinking about Brady, and I was at three of his Super Bowl wins, including the first one. Okay. And you think about the notion of seven. You think about the notion of playing in ten, six with one franchise, one with another. He just lapped the field in winning. Just lapped it. Like it's – it will – to me, as a, the more I thought about ten Super Bowl appearances, seven wins, I kept kind of coming back to like – you know, like when you look at like the Wayne Gretzky stats – or Cy Young. Or like Michael Phelps. Yeah, like it's just beyond any compre- that will ever happen. Like yeah. you're never – as good as Mahomes is, 
and and the amount of winning that it takes, getting there and then winning. Like Mahomes is the guy that feels like it because he's already got one and he's going for his third. But it's still so far out there that it's impossible to even, even wrap two, your head around. Even at two, he would need to like triple that and then win another one and then win another one to get there it's the more that i thought about it i just thought you know this is going to end up being like a ruthian cy young gretzky number that'll just no one you'll look back on this 20 years from now and go yeah he played played till he was 45 he played in 10 super bowls and he won seven he actually went 10 years in between super bowls at one point which is wild crazy um yeah it's it's a it's a lot to wrap your head around yeah it's nuts i mean he won his first one, to correct me if I'm wrong, was 2001. It was, yeah, the 2001 season. It was the first, you know, like they finished the World Series, but it was the first major sporting event, first Super Bowl after 9-11. Yeah. So that was my first Super Bowl that I covered, and it was unlike anything you'd ever, I'd seen before or since, obviously. So, so that was the first one. I was a year out of college. Mm -hmm. Same. And now I'm in my mid-40s, and he's just now retiring. Mm -hmm. So yeah. basically we're the same age. Right. Yeah, I mean that was it. It was you did that, and it was craziness. Yeah, and you would say like when he did that at that time, they were two touchdown underdogs in that game, if memory serves, against the greatest, greatest show, show on turf. turf. Yeah, yeah. Sure. pretty sure they were two touchdown dogs in that game. There wasn't anybody that thought they would win. They'd somehow like turned the game into a bit of a slugfest, and it was like it was close, but didn't make sense. And then the Rams had scored to tie it, and there was a little over a minute to go in the game, if memory serves. Might not even have been a full minute, but I I do remember um, listening to the you know in those days we go to the Super Bowl they give you the radio piece that you could listen to you remember yeah. that and you could listen to the radio while you were watching or covering the game and the press box was in the stands and um, so like and we were all in it together so like I was twenty two ish twenty two and I'm I'm looking around and like Kornheiser was four people over Bob Ryan was in there Lupica like all of these like. People from people the sports, from reporters. sports reporters. They were yeah. all in the same press box, and the press yeah. box was the stands. So we were just like we had like makeshift benches, sure. and that's the way that it went. And I remember in the – I don't even remember who would have been on the radio call for that game, but I remember the color guy saying, I wouldn't try to score here. Like I'd just play for – over. like it's overtime. Don't even try to score. Like forget it. And Belichick and Brady were like, oh, yeah, actually I think we will. And they did, and Benetieri, Benetieri kicked it, and that yeah. was it. And – it was so improbable. I mean, the Patriots were were a laughingstock organization at that point. They had been in a Super Bowl twice, but they've been obliterated twice by Favre and by the Bears. They were, okay, fine, you're from the AFC, come get your whooping type thing. Terrible unis. Terrible. Just the worst. The worst. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, and then this happened, and I remember running down, it was a circular, you know, the Superdome, it's circular, the way to get down in those days, and... I was running down. I was running down to the field to conduct interviews and stuff. And Bob Ryan just kept saying over and over again, those mother effers, I can't believe those mother effers effing won those mother effers. He just kept saying that on repeat. And I was running like three people behind him, listening to him say that. And set, what was her name? Who's the, uh, the the female writer who does all the NBA stuff for the Boston Globe? It was like he was with a, a, all the Globe writers that were all running down at the same time. But I can picture think, her. She's, hold on. Yeah. yeah. To think that that, Started there, and then Jackie McMullen. Jackie McMullen, yes, him, Jack, and Dan Shaughnessy. John, Dan Shaughnessy wrote a great book about those Celtics teams, by the way. They did, yeah. Like those, so those, all of that was happening at the same time, and I was experiencing it. And it's interesting you say that, like a year out of college, and then to think that he won one two years ago, beating Mahomes. 
that he spanned that he spanned Manning, Roethlisberger, Mahomes, like all of it. He's played with Kurt Warner, right? That's he beat crazy. Kurt Warner. Yeah, beat Kurt Warner in that Super Bowl. In the Bowl. first one, and like Kurt Warner's been out of the league for a, a long, long time. time. He's already got a jacket. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I really, I, I enjoyed that the Patriots just retweeted their tweet from last year. Oh, did they really? And it was like, congrats on retire a great career or something like that again. <laughs> whatever it was. And, but, <laughs> That's funny. Quote tweeted their original one. Uh, it felt very sincere. Um, nice little video. And actually, we have that for you. So let's take a listen. But it was good. A little Instagram video. Sitting on a beach. Is he in West Coast or East Coast? What did you think? That's Florida. That's what I thought. Yeah. Those type of that type of housing is Florida. That condo situation is yeah, Florida. That's what it looked like to me. Um, yeah, it was. It was as we as we get that. You just would say this about it as well. Um, there's all this talk about well, this was done two days ago, and the videos from two days ago, like already forensic experts. I don't know what it is. So right, uh, this was this morning at what like uh, this is right before right before I started what I do in the morning. It's probably like quarter to nine that this yeah. happened. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring. For good. For, for real. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So I uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors, uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. There it is. What'd you think? I thought it was emotional. I thought it was genuine. And I like that he had a little subtle acknowledgement of the fact that he had done it before. And you can't write another long emotional essay. And he's out. I thought it was good. I, I watched it. I was like, okay. All right. You believe it? Yeah. 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 Uh, come on. You can't You can't do it again. No, but I didn't think he could do it last year, and he went through all of that, and that was all nonsense and known to be nonsense in the moment. Yeah, this doesn't feel like, like... that was a sh That was a total show a year ago. To what end? I don't know. He was trying to get himself to Miami to play with Sean Payton is what he was trying to do. Um, I don't know if the retirement... I don't know what his angle was on that. Was he going to try to force the Bucks? Like I'm not trade. Playing I'm not you. playing. So trade me here. I'm not playing. Like that's yeah where he's at. Um, no, it's it's strange. Simmons, uh, who's been all over this stuff and from the old Boston days, was said that there his belief was his understanding and belief was that he was either going to play in Miami or for Sean Payton, um, and that once the Dolphins committed to Tua, that was out, and then Sean Payton going to Denver, that was out. Interesting that, that he happened. wouldn't have wanted to go to the Niners. Yeah, I think that too. Maybe the Niners weren't interested, which seems impossible. But Bay Area Brady. Yeah, come you, on. You home. feel like it would be yeah. that would be the one that would make the most sense. Um, it's a it's a wild. There's a million things that are absolutely stunning about it. The thing that I read this morning that kind of blew my mind the most was he did not take a snap as an NFL quarterback where he was ineligible for the postseason. What is that? What? He was never eliminated from trying to win a Super Bowl while he took a snap. Every game he played, his team, had they continued to win, they could go win the Super Bowl. 
So you're saying it no, yeah, because at no point was his team eliminated. The, from the only postseason. year they missed the playoffs was when he got hurt, right? And, they and Castle was still like they went ten, ten and six, six, I think. Yeah, yeah, Matt Castle. Yeah. So every snap he took in his career, he was never eliminated. He was until, never eliminated till the end of that game from winning the Super Bowl. When did they get eliminated this year? First round of the playoffs. First round of the playoffs. Dallas got him. Oh, that's right. They were in the playoffs. There's an eight nine playoff team. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. God, that feels like a long time. Wrap ago. your head around that, though. I mean, that's it's insane. Impossible. Impossible. That that happens. That he does. There's that. nobody else that that's. Other than like a short career guy, I can't like Otto Graham probably had that where he no, was always I'm talking about like, modern okay, era. Yeah. Modern era. There's I, I can't imagine a did scenario. Joe, did Joe was did the Niners ever not make the playoffs? Did the Chiefs Joe? always make it when he was there? They made it. So they would. I don't think he would have got. I think he got hurt one of the two years. They wouldn't. Here, I'll look this up yeah. while you're trying to wrap your head around it. Yeah, and I wonder about Aaron Rodgers because they weren't eliminated this year until the very end. Has he? Did he? Rodgers? No, they didn't miss it. They missed the playoffs once, didn't they? When what's his name was there? Who? When McCarthy was there? Did they make the playoffs every year? I don't know. That's. I'm just trying to think of the things off the top of my head. Right. Mahomes. Are were you read? Mahomes. So in '82, in '82, Rodgers missed the year we went 0 and 16. Yeah. So in '82, but the, he got he was hurt. But yeah, the Niners didn't win this. Didn't make the postseason in '82. The strike shortened year. They okay. went three and six. Okay. Um. Yeah. So they so, would have been eliminated. And they wouldn't have made it in '86. Oh no, no, they would have. Yeah, they did. Um. No, it was just that for for Joe that would have been it. It would have been it would have been '82. No, Rodgers would have been his first year as a starter. He went six and ten. Yeah. But, so there's a, there's several where that's been the case. But usually usually you're not starting quarterback on a great team right away. Right. You know. Right. Like usually no. once you Mahomes you, is Mahomes is has the chance to do Yeah. It. But I mean we're yeah. we're 5 in years in some of his 20, yeah. career. Yeah. Not 20 some years into a career. Yeah. Um yeah, that's wild though. That one. That's that is yeah, that's a pretty incredible stat. Yeah. So Montana would have done it if it weren't for the the strike shortened year. That's what it looks like. It looks like 1982 he was 3 and 6 as a starter. So I don't know what this 82 Niners did. Not much. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, 3 and 6. So that was it. Yeah, cuz it was strike shortens. So they only played 9 games. Yeah. Um yeah. So that's it. Yeah. That would have been it. Other than that, he was Other than that, you're in every time including the 2 years in Kansas City. Yeah. Um he was 8 and 3 and 9 and 5 in Kansas City. He was 17 and eight as the starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those are good teams, though. I mean, yeah, those were well, the – that's Marcus coming Allen out of – came. Right, and it was coming out of the Christian Okoye, Barry Word, yeah. Steve DeBerg. Like, they were always – it felt like a quarterback away. And then they went from – didn't they go from Montana to Bono? I think to Bono, yeah. Like, they guess – and then Gerbach ended up there, too. Gerbach. Like, they were all 49er guys. Bono – Who ended up Steve there. Steve Bono was there in the last year. Marcus Allen was the leading rusher. Yeah, the leading receivers. I think it was Willie Davis and JJ Burton. Yeah, Willie Davis, JJ Burton, guy named Lake a Lake Dawson. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I think this will go down as a career that you'll never see again. Of course, you're not going to see anything quite like it. Uh, Andrew Brandt. Now it's time for the Bucks to pay the piper. Tom Brady will count on the 2023 cap, 35.1 million, second biggest ever dead money charge behind the Matt Ryan Falcons, 40 million. I don't understand this. If you retire, aren't you saying I'm giving up my money? Right. Why would they have – I don't understand. Maybe Why would part the of contract? the guarantee that was already into this year. Like, you know, they, like, stretch out bonuses. He has some kind of number that is still owed to him that is it's pretty big. It's taking him out. Yeah, yeah. $35 that will go against – I mean, the Bucks are a disaster. I think so he happen. restructured. 
something like that. But yeah. I, mean, I know he retired, but there's some paperwork that needs to. Yeah, people people always talk about that. Like they'll say, well, the NFL salary cap's not real. Well, it no, not in the moment, but it is eventually. Like eventually you have to pay for it. Correct. So like you can postpone it. You can restructure, restructure, restructure. But then there will come a time where you have to make it right. And we've seen a lot of teams have to do that. That's how the Cowboys had to trade Amari Cooper. The Saints have had to do this. Other teams have had yeah, to. Sport Track was yeah. talking about it. They they were dissecting it. I saw it on Twitter earlier. Um, that it would ultimately come down to they have to wait for a certain deadline to pass. Okay. And then they can start processing. But that ideally he would get ten million this season, and then twenty four the following. <laughs> okay. So I don't know if it counts against the cap. Right. I don't know how that goes, but as of now, he's on the books, and it can't come off. Right so now. he signed 20 to 2020-21. He signed a two-year deal worth $50 million that was fully guaranteed. 2021-22, mm-hmm. he signs a one-year $25 million deal that it was fully guaranteed. This says on Track here that his 2023 he has no tag clause for 2023 2023 to 2026 years automatically void but i don't see how that's a part of any of it and with a 35.1 million dollar dead cap hit hmm i don't know where that even comes from it sets up a hall of fame class that will have jj watt in it along with tom brady so that'll pretty good be a pretty good 2028 class i think this also probably locks in aaron Rodgers for one more year because there's no way in hell he's going to share a class no with tom way brady he wants sharing the stage no. with anybody no so he'll, he'll he'll play at least one more year whether it's in green bay or with the jets uh this is an interesting point on the fox broadcast so he signed that enormous contract with fox to call games yeah um and they have the super bowl my if i had to guess on what he would be doing in super bowl 57 like I can almost picture it. I feel like he will be you all right there? Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like he will be doing uh he will be doing the Pat Mahomes sit down. If he wants to be a part of the broadcast, I think he does the Patrick Mahomes sit down. Brady does it. Do you think they throw him in? I mean he could interview Patrick Mahomes. No, into the booth, I'm saying. Oh no, 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 no. No, you can't do that. And it's not it's not fair to Burkhart Dolson either. No not way. That, not that fair means anything in these matters, but you like know, if, they, if all of a sudden they said <clears throat> Tom Brady's gonna be the third guy in the booth, you'd be like, oh. Yeah, I think I don't think so. I think that they keep him out of the booth. I, my guess is they use him on pregame and I wouldn't be surprised if he does the Mahomes interview. Yeah, there there's been some scuttlebutts probably too, right? Yeah, I you think, could do them both. Yeah. I think Marchan was talking about it. He's like is there any chance, like, because of what Burkhart and Olsen have done and how much money you're paying him, and is we don't know what kind of – is he a known commodity in the booth? Can he can he be a good color analyst? He's like, is there a chance that maybe they start him off in the studio? <laughs> they don't have any room. they got 12 guys on it's that already set. already 1,000 people. Yeah, They don't have enough. Yeah, um, they rival NBC for the most. You have to remember, too, like when people talk about Brady – at Fox, I mean, he's the face of a network. They're paying for the association as much as they're paying for how good he is in the booth. Yeah. They're paying so when they do upfronts with the advertisers, Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's there, there to shake hands and kiss babies. That's yeah. the, that's the operation. That is a job that, you know, in the in the old days on Fox would have been like the American Idol crew. Hell, at some point it was probably like Beverly Hills 90210, The Simpsons. Like those things aren't that aren't as big of a deal anymore. So when you do the upfronts with advertisers, you it's the NFL people that go. Yep. That's Romo and Nance do that. Yep. That's the gig. Buck and Aikman used to do that. So that's what they're paying him for. He'll figure out the booth. 
if I, I think the more interesting thing would be, you know, he's had a lot of. It's been a tough year for him, man. Like, does he does he want to jump right into that, or does he want to take a take a breather? I wonder if he's watched like what the Mannings have done and said like that's more appealing to me than like it's a grind being the number one and number one team. Yeah, it's a real grind. Yeah. So like the idea, I know you just wonder like, does, is that something that he would be interested in? I don't know. I also have to say you have to question the fact that eighty for Brady is made and is a thing is one of the most like. Have you watched these trailers? It is one of the most stupefying things ever. So maybe so, you can't judge what he's willing to be a part. I would, if you would ask me, they presented that script. So did he produce that, that or is that he's just, involved in it? I know he's in it, but like, I wonder if he produced it or if it was like. I mean, he's had a lot of questionable stuff. I mean, the TB12 stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's like, what? What are you doing here? That to me is as stupefying of as yeah. anything. Say, but I feel like I need to watch that movie. You'll be the one. You will be the whole. I said. Who's the audience? That's what I just said. The fruit stand. The mango shirt. That's it. There's nobody else that could be. Not mango. No, that is as cherry red as it. That is. The shape. I mean, it's not. It doesn't look that much different. Mango. Are you sure? That is red. Mango. Eat your baby. He's right next to the orange, and it's from my vantage point, it's not that different from the orange. Very different. Then the then the orange is oranger. Yeah. Yes. It's red. It is a pure. Is it pure red? I need to see it juxtaposed to an orange. No, that is a red. That is no. That it's is, but it's, but it's not. It's not like Buckeye red. It's like you know what it is. It's, it's like red. when you would get the Crayola, it's red orange. There's no. a little orange to it. No, kind of looks you're like being, the Bucks. You're, the orange around is clouding your vision. I need that to is, see it on if its If you own. went out there in the wild, that is. You that tell is, me that's like Italian tablecloth red. That's what you're saying. It's a little bit brighter than that. But it is a. It's definitely not red. Buckeye red. It's not. Well, he's got Buckeye red on his shoe, on his socks, so you can see that that's a little bit of a deeper red. Correct. Yeah, it is. This good. is a bright red. I mean, right. it is. It is. So red. that's who's going to watch it. Apparently, I said that to my. I said that to Miss K. We were watching the trailer comes on. I go. What is the likelihood that someone who is such a fan of these four women, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, is alive, or and cares about the NFL. There's no cross section of human that is both interested in watching that them and also interested in the NFL. I don't know who it's for. I really don't. I don't know if it's is it for it's not for like dudes. No. It's not for I don't think it's for women. Doesn't feel like it I is. I think it is. That's what the trailer said to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird that's a strange But not spot. young ladies. No. Like it feels like a real targeted demographic that you're going after. Yeah, no, that's true. Without a lot of then possibilities, it's very limited. Yeah, give me the Nana birthday dinner. Oh boy, well you saw the I saw the images. You saw the images. So we uh, we took to the smoker. So this is something that I'd never done before. I'd heard a lot about it, never did it before. So I got the tenderloin. Shout out to my guys uh, taking great care of me over there. Um, where where? Well, my guys taking great care of me yeah, over there. They know who they are. That's all that matters. All right, that's all that matters. All right, your guys over there are taking care of you. Yeah, great care of me. Great care. Great, of elite you. care. All right, elite care. Yeah. Uh, so, the recipe called for. So I got it right after the show yesterday. I went and picked up the tenderloin, about four and a half pounds. 
Nana requests this. You have to understand, Nana did not. It was all skinned eat. and all that. It was slept oh, up, yeah. ready to go. And he trusted it for me. Yeah, you got The have whole it. deal. Uh, Nana did not eat meat for like th- 30 years. Maybe it's an amazing 40, switch. And then I just think. comes back, and it feels like in the last five years, she's back eating turkey she's legs in. at Disney, requesting a smoked tenderloin for her, her birthday. Um, so I get it, and what the the rub on it? So the first thing I want to do is lay it out on some flat plastic. This yep. was a Traeger recipe. Get a bowl, a, a basically a jar of Dijon mayonnaise. I mean mustard. I keep calling it mayonnaise. A jar of Dijon mustard. Okay. A quarter cup of bourbon. Okay. And then I press like six garlic cloves. Whisk that up into like a paste. Okay. And then just like slathered it it all over the meat. Mm -hmm. Wrapped it tight in the plastic into the fridge for an hour. Okay. I did about an hour and a half. Back out. Take the plastic off and then cover it with uh, some kosher salt. Yep. And then I had a mixture of black, red, and green peppercorns in a a fresh grinder. Mm -hmm. Covered it with all that. Locked it in. Both sides. Locked that all in. Yep. Got the, uh, the smoker to 180. Yep. In there for an hour. Out, okay. get the smoker up to 400, back in for about 20, it's 20 to 30 minutes, but in this case, is until the temp hit 130, it was about 23 minutes. Okay. Let it sit for 10 minutes, slice it. And away we went. Oh, baby. It was heaven on the side, a little, you know, we like to do a little ravioli and pesto. And then How did it compare to a sous vide tenderloin? So, great question. Glad you asked. Thank you. You're More welcome. flavor. That's the thing with tenderloins, right? Is like typically you need a sauce. You need because yeah, the meat it's, itself does not have a tremendous no fat, amount. So right. Does yeah. not have a tremendous This was, so it was full of flavor. In. Yeah, you got to marinate a tenderloin or right. you have to on its own, it is there's not a whole lot there. You really need to have an au jus or a marination process that takes place. So So this this then amps that up because you have the smoke going through it. Absolutely. Makes and sense. and then the moisture, I think whatever it is with that. The, the mustard, which I'm not a mustard guy at all. So this was a very difficult thing for me to do. Yeah. Put mustard on beautiful beef. So it I, just keeps the moisture. It does. And it actually blend, it works well with it. I have a, I have a marinade for uh, tenderloin. I did one in like a traditional way. And then one in a marinade that was uh, a combination of, uh, of, of mustard, um, soy and Worcestershire that I yeah. marinated it in. That had a delicious. Uh, Sounds delicious. delightful. It was very, very good. So I that, do that's my, a good one. My good cousin writer. does one called it's a mop. It's kind of like a, a hoisin mop. Okay. So like a plum, it gives it an Asian flavor and makes a great crust on the outside. Yeah. And like that's the other part. You got to get the crust to yeah. give you the crispy. Well, that's what I got with the yeah. four hundred. It was, it was great. Was so sous vide. I think I get a better like outside surge because then I finish it right there in like a cast iron, yep. so, uh, like a super high temp and probably 900 degrees and it is just booming. Yep. Uh, the meat more flavorful here. Sous vide is easier in the sense that you're not, you know, timing wise exactly what it is. This is like normal cooking in the sense that you're reading the meat thermometer. And so sometimes it goes faster than you want. Sometimes it doesn't go as right. fast as you want. So, but just a delight. Nana was very pleased. Yeah. Very pleased. What about Artie? Artie Buckets. Did oh, she Artie enjoy? Buckets loved it. Said it was her favorite of all the tenderloins, she said. Wow. Artie Love Buckets, it. I mean, to be oh, I know, but freshman I, year and but, but enjoying her, fine smoked meats her, on her, the reg. Her operation, she is she's had a lot of very good stuff. And from a food standpoint, she eats everything, which is well documented on the show. Yeah. 
So I was curious her her rating of it. She found I, that the I smoked, find her rating to be valid. The smoked pork tenderloin was her favorite pork tenderloin she's ever had. Yeah, and this was her favorite beef tenderloin. She had. Now, now when I do a, a one bite for B, a, a, a nothing, zero. He's partaking not not it's one. It's just bit. sitting there, right in front of him. No interest. One bite. He had a bucatini from Flower. That's what he wanted. The Flower Pasta Company God bucatini. Fantastic. Browns fans today through midnight on February 9th. Like, you know how much good food's been in front of that kid? I know. The NFL's official Twitter handle, the NFL mobile app to cast your vote for Nick Chubb as a FedEx Ground Player of the Year. 2022 FedEx Aaron Ground NFL Players Year will be announced during the NFL Honors on February 9th. Coming up next, just that's the Brady's just part of the news. Huge news out of Denver yesterday afternoon. We'll get to that coming up next as well. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet coming soon to Ohio. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be part of one of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today. Best chance at securing tickets for all home games and future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spots today. Uh, what a wild day yesterday was in Denver. So it started out reportedly with them making a one final push for D'Amico Ryans. He said, thanks, nope. but no thanks. I'm going to go to Houston. Houston. Then there was, hey, Jim Harbaugh, are you interested in in it, we just talked to you last week. We came to Denver to, or Detroit rather to meet with you and and to have a conversation. No, I don't think so. It's kind of what the reporting seems to make me believe at that point. And then they ended up with Sean Payton. So yesterday, after we got out of the air, it became official. Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, the Saints are going to get the first round pick from Denver, but it's not theirs. It's one that I think went through San Francisco and Miami, to Miami, and then for Bradley Chubb. For Bradley Chubb, so it's the 29th <laughs> overall. This year, so the the Broncos, or I'm sorry, the Saints get that pick. They get a 2024 second round selection as well as a future third in the deal. Um, so this is less than what you thought it would be initially. They were talking about two ones for Peyton, and it's not, and it's not even Denver's own one because they don't have it. Um, so this is the deal that gets done, reportedly between 17 and 20 million dollars on the on the paycheck for Sean Payton on this. Um, all of this, this is a, a convoluted way to get here. But honestly, if you were going to – they've already invested what they've invested in Russell Wilson. There's no way out of it. If there was a Russell Wilson fixer out there, wouldn't he be the guy to do it? Yeah, they're just obviously put themselves in a in a, in a a really tough spot, right? In, they give up a one this year. They give up two ones next year. Or well, now this you're year. doing Russell and Peyton. Though. Yeah, combined. I mean, that's a, a 2022 first and second and fifth, 2023 first, second, and another first, and then next year's second, plus three other players, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, Drew Locke, so what, to get Sean Payton and Russell Williams as well as a, a fourth-round defensive end that they picked a year ago. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. So here's the thing. It's a lot because of what we saw from Wilson. If you went back a year ago and we didn't see what we saw from Wilson with Nathaniel Hackett, and I told you, you have what the Broncos have on defense and what they have on offense. Now they don't have Bradley Chubb, so that's 
certainly taken some of it out. Uh, but if you go back a year ago and you said this is the bounty and you get Russell Wilson in his prime and you get Sean Payton to call the plays, you'd prob- I probably would have said, quite honestly, well, that feels like now you're going to go win and be a Super Bowl contender. But you got to remember that at the time of the Wilson trade, like Denver was a quarterback away. It was Wilson or it was Rodgers, whichever one went there, go in the Super Bowl. That, that was it. Yep. That's all we talked about. Yep. Like, and then Wilson sucked. Well, they, the whole operation was bad. The operation matters. And yeah. you saw the Jags, what that could do there. And Russell Wilson certainly more accomplished at this point than Trevor Lawrence. It's just, uh, it's wild to me for a couple ways. Number one, if I'm Sean Payton, I feel like if I waited one more year, mm-hmm. I probably have a chance at Dallas or the Chargers. See, the Chargers, but it goes to what I always say. They're not paying him $20 million. Because just that family won't. Spanos family's not paying anybody $20 million. I mean, that guy with her, that's where you'd want to go. I of think course. If, he was, but, if money were But it same. is an object. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. going to have their own issues with doing the Herbert contract. Yep. And, and they were not, they're not going to pay Staley not to coach, and they're not going to pay $20 million for a coach to coach. Yeah. So it was not going to be there. It was going to be. It just, that would be a great place. That's the be. best circumstance. It's just other than ownership. Yeah. Wild, though, how quickly that all happened. Like, pretty late news. It was 4 o'clock, 4.30? Yeah, both after our show. Demeco Ryan's now, and we'll see. Does this – I still – I find it – it's amazing to me we still don't have a Vic Fangio firm update, unless we do, that I haven't seen. Well, the crazy thing about that, we talked about that yesterday. So was it Pelissaro who reported – Yeah, that it was Fangio done. Fangio was going done deal with a fourth-year option. To Miami. To Miami. And then Mike Silver was like, actually, eh. no, my source is Vic Fangio, and he's not agreed to do that. He could be waiting out Sean Payton. Well, I wouldn't think he'd go back to Denver, but I would point out it's different ownership. Right. He was that coach and was let go. Or he has a great affection for Kyle Shanahan, and he could replace Demeco with 49ers. Yeah, so there's still all of those options. um, If I'm Vic Fangio, I'm going to the 49ers because I I don't want to be in the AFC. I wouldn't think. I want to be in the NFC. I do think it's wild that if you think about the major – decisions from a either trade either a player acquisition standpoint or coaching standpoint in the last little over a year in the league all of them willingly chose AFC you we just did Sean Payton chose to stay in the AFC he chose to go take on Mahomes twice a year Herbert twice a year Deshaun Watson chose to come here and play in the AFC could have gone to Atlanta could have gone to Carolina chose to come here and do that Russell Wilson chose to go to Denver like, it sounds like Rodgers is going to choose to go to the Jets if they can make that work. Why like, does he just want to stay in Green Bay? I have no idea. But it's like the biggest things that have happened in this league that could have shifted the balance of power and evened it out a little bit all headed to the AFC. And, in fact, the NFC just lost Tom Brady. That's correct. Yeah. So the two jo- there are two jobs still open? Arizona and, and Indy. Indy. Yeah. And Indy's interviewed everybody in Everybody the world. and anybody. Yeah, eight times. Have we heard much about Arizona's process? Lou Anarumo, the the Bengals defensive coordinator, interviewed there, but yeah. I haven't I haven't heard anything about. The, but I don't think anybody cares about Arizona either. Like I don't know if people in Arizona care about Arizona. No, you know the, what I mean. So the it's Tyler, a, but that's a, a tepid fan base. Like nobody cares. I sure, think. but that's a. It feels like that could be a place where you could have a quick springboard if you like Kyler. Yeah, yeah. If you can reach him. Yeah. If you if you could get that, that would be a place where you would. I mean, that division is very very winnable. Other than San Francisco, I mean, it's doable. And even you still, there's there are questions about the 49ers right now. Who's playing yeah. quarterback? 
Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah, and then it's, you know, from the indie standpoint, okay, let me, I don't want to step on something if we have it already, a little bit later in the show. I, I know we have Petonio at 2.30, off-season breakdown. Okay, yeah, I can get to this. So did you see the story today from uh, Breer that the Bears are trading one? They're keeping fields. They're trading one. Their their intent is to trade the number one pick in the draft. And, and they're going to build very around. Logical. And and the Bears are are um they're going to build around fields. They have a hundred million in cap space. Yeah. And so they're going to build around fields, and they're going to they're going to put the number one pick up for auction. In doing so, you would I would if I were them, I would say I want to know I want this deal done before the new league year, before free agency, so that we can figure out how we're going to build this and where who we're going to be picking at wherever we're picking. So I would put a timetable on it and say, give me your best finals now. We want this done. Um, when when did we trade the Wentz pick? That happened right around the new year. That happened See? during tampering. It was on, and even the when Washington moved ahead of us. That happened uh, the RG three year as well. There well, was luck, a big RG3 deal there. Year. That was with the Rams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that happened right around the, the so you, new year. So if you're the Bears, you say, yeah, you best final now. Boy, yeah. I remember that Carson Wentz one. Yeah. It was announced by their team's website ah. while we were on air. How'd that go? We read it. We, <laughs> uh, the Eagles are saying it. We were it. told there was the nothing Eagles official. Yeah. And we said, well, well, the Eagles are saying it. I'm pretty sure. Feels like they're official. This is a yeah. go. Yeah. So, um, so that, that, that ties into the indie pick. Potentially, because they the best package I would think that the Bears could get would be from Indy, yeah, and they could still get who they would most likely still get who they would take at one. One, they will get it for. They'll get it for. So the thinking would Which be the kid from Georgia, either the kid from Georgia or the kid or, from Alabama. And you get Will Anderson right. or the Jalen Carter. Yeah. So you can do if you if you do that deal, you would get four. You'd get their two, so that would replace the two you gave up for Claypool, and then their one next year. Yeah, seems like the minimum minimal asking price for Indy to move up to number one overall. Um, the other teams that would want to do that would probably be Carolina, because Tepper and he's not afraid, like he's bold. So, and if you're Houston, do you just want to secure the bag? That's where I was going because because Houston, you blew it, boy, in your last game as big as you can blow it. Bigly, they went from controlling the draft to not overnight. I want a true. So it's funny. So I was in the in the gym. Uh, Monday with one of our coaches who had played in the league and we were talking about that, that game and what had happened. And he was like flabbergasted Yeah, that I even thought it was like a reasonable thing to make sure you did not win that game. Like blown away. And I was like, what don't we understand here? Because he's like, how can you can't go and he's like, you lose the locker room. I said, Who cares? He got fired anyway. You got a whole year to build it back. I said he got fired. It's gonna be a whole new team. That's what I said. I said first Come of all, thirty percent of the roster is turning over. You know that first. Just in general, your superstars, I think, would be very much aligned with you saying, okay, now we can get you the quarterback. Yeah. That's going to help us Who get. Are where there we need superstars? To get. Yeah, Brandon. They don't have any. No, but like Tunsil. Okay, I guess I'm, but like I'm guessing Come that's on. a super. Right. But I, I, my point was just at the top end, people would right. be on, on board. And so he just, like, could I? Couldn't wrap it. No. And I said, you got to think about it. You don't have to win every battle. You want to win the war. Yeah. And so this is one that maybe it makes sense. You know, it's for strategic advantage to lose this to win that. He's like, I got to win every battle. I got to win every war. I said, okay. 
I said, I'm going to hit you right now with a, what at the time, you know, was a very, very fun movie, but I didn't realize it possessed deep philosophical qualities. And I'm talking about the fine film starring Woody Harrelson, Rosie Perez, oh, Wesley Snipes, White Man Can't Jump. Wesley Snipes, terrible basketball player, as it turns out. Turns out, indeed, he was. Yeah. There's a scene where Rosie's talking to Billy. Yep. And she says, and this I thought was poignant, sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. That's right. She also wants to say sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. Yeah. <laughs> so I hit him with that. Yeah. And he said respect. Respect. Yeah. So D'Amico Ryans went from picking who he wanted at one overall to now being at the mercy of whatever the Bears do or whoever they traded to. And the one thing I'll say, being around this as, as long as I have and having the privilege to talk to many general managers, like there never is a case where they feel like the two quarterbacks are the same. Never. They are the same prospect. We will get the same out of it. Like we're 100% fine either way. Never. Never. They always have a – Everybody's got a favorite. Yes. You may be wrong. You may be misidentified. Totally. But you went from being able to pick your favorite to maybe not. Right. Which goes back to the ridiculous arguments we used to have in the year 2018 draft. Ah, just take Saquon one. Oh, right. And then whatever quarterback's there at four, you're fine. No. 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 No, you get one chance. No. You get one chance. Yeah. But you want you, to shoot your Now you your can blow it. Yeah. You can blow it. Absolutely. But you, you've done the work. You want at least. You want to pick the guy pick you believe guy. in. Yeah, yeah. To do it. Right. Um, all right. Uh, NFL free agency countdown, top 50 available players. We'll hit that coming up next. Cleveland real, Browns Daily. Real no, no, quick, I want, uh, real quick. Go. I want a 30 for 30 on Lovey Smith with his association with the Bears, like if this was done, because he knew he was getting fired for the Bears. Do him a favor? Yeah, I want to know that. Yeah. Not if that would be a good one. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injured lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. It's that time, ESPN.com, 2023 NFL Free Agency. Oh, boy. Here we are. Here's who's available for this free agent class. Although, Lamar's number one, but he won't be. He'll yes. be tags. Give me I guess no he's got to sign it, right? He's got to sign it, yeah. Orlando Brown. With Kansas City on the so defensive tackles, uh, Javon Hargrave out of Philly and Deron Payne. That would be a guy right there. Give me, give me Deron Payne at twenty six. Give it to me. Yeah, give it to me. Inject or I take Hargrave too. And that's those guys are very appealing. As I'm going through this list, I mean, it's, it's some names you know. Um, Jesse Bates, depending. Well, on I'll what tell we you do what. On the like back end. one more, one more commentary on just the uh, quick comment on like the NFC. As I'm looking through this, like the Eagles are going to be an entirely different team next year. Yeah, you just saw Hargrave, Bradbury, Bradbury and C.J. Gardner-Johnson all in the top 14. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them. You know, it's interesting, like you got to go all the way to 21 to find Jacoby Myers, uh, at wide receiver, uh, Odell at 26, Juju at 27. Um, 
Marcus Davenport's an interesting one. DJ Chark at 36. I like DJ Chark as a value for the Browns. Some vertical speed. Won't cost a fortune. Yeah. That's it, though. No, it is not. Top a, 50, there's not a lot of receivers. It is there. not a receiver-rich class in any way, shape, or form. A any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, it's, you know, like Payne would be the home run. Yeah, because that's somebody that can be a, a superstar for you for some time. Yeah, that would be the way to do that. There's not a lot out there. I, You know, you, you never know what's going to happen in free agents or in uh, through the in the trade market. or Sure. But those trades are hard to make in the league. They are. They are. But I think you've got to be, to your point, you, you can maybe make a splash or two in free agency, but for the most part, you've got to be smart and get people who end up being better here than they would have been other places. Like Chark averaged 17 yards a catch, 6'4". That's... You, Home run. He'd, he'd be perfect for us yeah. and wouldn't cost a fortune yeah, because the production hasn't been there. When you say his name, can you do anything other than uh, what do you think? Of, do it. You're already doing it. I saw your head moving. I know what you're doing. Baby yep. shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Do, Every time do, I read do, it. Do, do, do. Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Baby shark. Daddy shark. Do, do. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. Nailed it. Yeah. Come on, man. We share the same brain. Yeah. So that's, uh, but but it's it's not a, it's not a it's robust not a and and honest to God, buddy, at any position, because Lamar's not getting to free agency. So at any position, there's not a whole lot of splash here. Like Saquon Barkley's a free agent, but they'll sort something out with him. Yeah, what? I don't know how you do it. Well, but why you would do. you pay him? I don't well, I'm not saying you would, but like they will keep him. Yeah. I mean, the Bengals have insurance for Jesse Bates. Um, right. So and, well, I, and Von Bell, both of them. They're both, both free, free agents. agents. Yeah, they have. I mean, you would. I'm going to tell you this. From a NFL big picture, what's going on this offseason, I'm not sure that there is a more intriguing team than Cincinnati because they have both safeties. They've got Logan Wilson, who they can do a deal with. They can do T. Higgins. They have to decide what they're going to do with that. Wilson in the middle of their defense. And then Burrow. Like, Burrow's hanging over this whole operation, and for everything I'm hearing down there, like, ownership wants to do the Burrow deal now. Yep. Like, they want it done. They want to get the – they want him extended. They want the number, whatever. And Let's he get doesn't. it figured out. Well, I, they don't – it's not that he doesn't. From what I – from people I've talked to down there, nobody even really knows what he wants. Hmm. They don't know what his motivation is. I think because of his upbringing, because of kind of his brand, if you will, for lack of a better word – I think some people think that he's going to take less and do team-friendly and do all no, of that not. stuff. I don't think that he will. Um, but I also think that it's a tricky spot for that organization. And I'm glad that they're gonna, it's going to be tricky for them because we work at this organization. But they've got a lot that they got to get sorted out. Yeah. Like, I mean, you think about Higgins, Wilson, Bates, Bell. I mean, Apple to a lesser extent. I want to say Hurst. I think Hayden Hurst is a free agent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so they why they him. have them draft in a tight end in many of these mocks for some. But then, and you mentioned that you didn't even at this point get to Jamar Chase, which is next year. Next year, and he is going to have to get paid. And he'll be top. Of, he'll be the number one paid receiver because he's getting him get and done. Justin he, Jefferson will be Jefferson's getting done Jefferson done now, year. right? Because they're no, they're the same class. Are they? No, no, they're not. Chase is a year younger. Yeah. Yeah. So Jefferson will get done this summer this year and be the highest. And then Chase will reset the market next year. The next year. With Burrow resetting the like that and t what are you gonna pay T. Higgins? And T. Higgins, remember, was the first pick of the second round, so Correct. you don't have a fifth year option on him. No. And on 
Burrow, how do they decide what the market is? Is the market Deshaun Watson? What year is this for Burrow? This was his third. Next year's his fourth. Next year's his fourth. Well, they can always. They're gonna. They have two years. I mean, they want to get it done now. They want it done now. They can fifth year option him. Same with Chase. Yeah. Yeah, they they but they want to. They can push that. The they will the Burrow have to one do. they want to. And the other thing on the one misconception on Burrow, they could do it if they do it now. He would still play under an eleven million dollar hit next year and a seventeen million dollar hit the year after. So it's not like the fifty number or whatever it's going to be. That won't be until three years from now. So they can kick this can down the road a little bit. It's an extension. Yeah, but they're they have to give him money. They got a lot going on. They've got a lot going on. The Baltimore Ravens have a lot going on yep. with Lamar Jackson. Yep. Um, my hunch, I was going to say the Chargers, but they'll just do the fifth-year option on Herbert. There's no way that they're going to be. I'm sure they would like to do a long-term thing, but I don't even know how you go about that. Yeah, it just depends what they have cash on hand to be able to lock into that you know silly escrow thing. Right, yeah. So Kyler was 190 guaranteed. Deshaun was 230 guaranteed. Uh, Mahomes was 150 and it was 450 over 10 for him. Um, so just be how do you define how you want to reset it? Yeah. But all of that can happen this summer. Yeah. That's going to be wild. Moral of the story here from, from our vantage point, though, if you look at this list, you think of pain, and I think of shark. Yep. Shark. Those are the shark. two guys that, that you that kind of – you look at these top 50 guys who could be targets – Jesse Bates is an interesting one. Draymond Jones not bad either with Denver, the defensive tackle. Yeah, smaller though. Yeah, smaller. You, I mean, pain is everything. Pain's, pain's, pain's the whole, the whole operation. Yeah. yeah. I look at age and I try to think about how would it trend. You know, where would it go? Hargrave is great too, but that is a short. That's shorter term. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not loaded. So you're gonna you you could go big game hunting on pain, medium game hunting on maybe somebody else, uh, maybe a receiver and shark, and then you got to hit on the second round. All right, that's got to be a dude. That's got to be a contributor in the second round. It needs to be a receiver who can get deep, or it needs to be a starter on the defensive line. Yes, because those, those are two your three things aren't on the needs. roster right now. Those are your three biggest needs. Yeah, get those things sorted out. Yeah, got to get it done. All right, second hour of the program up next. Off-season position breakdown. What do you know? It hits on the defensive ends, the edge rushers. We will get to that. Uh, you will also get to Joel Batonio coming up at the bottom of the hour from Viva Las Vegas. This is Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Takes the snap, drops, looks right side. Oh, he got buried. Miles Garrett buried him back at the 26-yard line. Man, even I cringed watching that. Out of the gun from his own 30, takes the snap and looks. He got sacked. Miles Garrett got him off the blind side and decked him back at the 25-yard line. You know, he does what 95 does. He, he, you know, was playing dominant out there. He's very difficult for people to block one-on-one, so he gets a ton of attention, and when, when that happens, others are getting one-on-ones. Pressure coming, and he lost the ball! Loose ball, and the Browns are on it! They've got it at the 22-yard line! Jadavian Clowney knocked it out of there! Burrow play action fake. Here comes the pressure, they got him! Isaiah Thomas got him back at the 34-yard line! How about that? 
what a sack by the rookie Thomas. Running near side. Oh, what a nice play. Alex Wright up on the corner. He comes in and wraps his arms around J.K. Dobbins and knocks him down at the 36 and a half yard line. MG, the work that he put in and just his will and, you know, his want to to get to the quarterback. You know, just watching him when I first came up here, it was like unbelievable, like how he could, you know, transition and move and, you know, be nimble and stuff like that. He's got it. He's back to pass. Inside the 10, they're going to hit him and sack him. They got him. Miles Garrett got home. All the way back at the 10-yard line. Back to pass. Here come the Browns. Right at Brady and they got him. Miles Garrett got him. Out of the shotgun. Looking left. Throwing left. It's tipped at the line of scrimmage. The Browns are thinking maybe a fumble. I think that was Miles Garrett, and I think that is a sack strip fumble, and he will be now the Browns' all-time sack leader. And look at them come off the sideline. Big play from your star when you needed it. You know, it's, it's nice to be you know, recognized and, and honored, but at the end of the day, you know, winners are remembered. And so I can have all the individual records I want. That'll that'll come and go. But winners, you know, they, they, they remain in the hearts of you know, people forever, especially in this town. All right, time for the off-season position breakdown. We are on the edge on the roster. The defensive end, Miles Garrett, 16 sacks last season, tied for second in the National Football League, 37 tackles, two forced fumbles in those 16 games. Behind him, it gets dicey. Alex Wright, the second rounder out of 2022, just 13 tackles in 17 games. Wild. He had five passes defense. He played yeah. against the run pretty well. Did not generate a lot of pressures. Single-digit pressures, zero sacks. Now, Stunning. they knew, though, to be fair, let me just go be fair, he was considered more of a long-term project. Coming out of Alabama-Birmingham mm -hmm. in terms of adjusting to the NFL and those concepts, that's what everybody said, come along slowly, and yeah. eventually you'd want to be the big end opposite Miles. Now, can he still do that? Yes. Will he have to really dedicate himself this offseason? Absolutely. But yeah. a talented kid that they very much believe in, it just did not manifest itself as a rookie. And also, it can also be all those things and also be disappointing. That I mean, to not have a sack on a third rounder is pretty wild. No doubt. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas, the seventh rounder of the 2022, did have a sack, four tackles in just 10 games. Uh, Jadevian Clowney, there's a void on that, so I'd be shocked. Although, who knows, but I'd be shocked if he would. It, I think that's done. The ship sailed on that. Chase Winovich. Situation with him with when played, good, but just injured. Very Not the big good. sack numbers you wanted, but but the impact was there, and he was very noticeable. Generated pressures consistently yeah. when he was in the lineup. He was the one whose pressure led to the pick six against Houston. He got the tip that led to that pick six. Uh, played the run better than they thought. I wouldn't be surprised if if he was somebody they'd be interested in bringing back as, you know, in this room, the the third, fourth type of a guy, you know, that sub-package pass rusher. He probably fits better in a more of traditional 3-4 where he's a stand-up outside linebacker. But if, if with Jim Schwartz, wide nine, he can get out there wide. And, and I thought played well, plays hard, gives you all he's got. The injury bug has just bit him the last couple of years. But wouldn't mind to see Chase back, obviously, friend of the show as well. Tremendous, entertaining character, uh, but somebody who just really gets after it. And I want to go back to Isaiah Big Wim Thomas. Off guy. Oh, yeah, huge. Loves all that Loves stuff. That. Cold yeah. shower. Yep. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, our seventh-round pick, he was the one who actually led you know, Oklahoma in sacks each of the last two seasons. His teammate got picked. Nick, I want something to be in like the second round by the Broncos. He had that stretch there where he had the sack against Cincinnati. 
He had a fumble recovery and some pressures against Baltimore the week before. That was like week seven, week eight, back-to-back. You're like, okay, this guy's got a chance to do something here. Now, he got injured. He missed some time as it went on. I am I think Isaiah Thomas is one of those guys where the, it's going to always – the results will be better than maybe it looks. That's how it was for him at, at Oklahoma. But you've got Garrett. Wright needs to step up in a major way this year. And I think you need to add somebody, a veteran of, of some consequence there. You know, you could carry the five, Garrett, Wright, Thomas, if you brought Winovich back. You know, they like Stephen Weatherly. While he was here, he ends up getting hurt. Odom's the one they brought in, who I believe it was the, was it the USFL that he led in sacks. He led one of those defunct sure. leagues in, yeah. in sacks. Was I believe, in high school? Went to high school with Miles, some, if I recall that right. I'll have to go get my preseason notes. But you don't have the, the – Miles, elite – Elite. Somebody's got to step up, and right now you can't go into it saying, you know, Alex Wright starting every, you know, is our number two defensive end. So I still think that's a position that needs to be addressed. Yeah. If you think about that defensive line we had the year uh, that we made the playoffs, and you think about what you thought you were going to have for a considerable amount of time, or at least what you were building towards the way, and I know we're just doing edge right now, uh, but you had young guys you'd invested in in the draft. And you just need, and I'm sure we'll get to deep tackles tomorrow or whatever, but like you need some of these guys that were mid round picks to go. It's sure. time to go. You think, remember the Tack McKinley when we had Jadavian and we had Miles and we had Tack and that we were going to, that was that package. And we had the two big guys in the middle. Yep. Like that, that type of look of offense, defensive line, we're a long ways from that now going into this offseason. Oh, we most certainly are. And I think that's a tough thing. You know, you go back to 2020 was Olivier Vernon. Yeah, that's right. So 21 would have been was Clowney and McDowell, Jackson, Jackson, Clowney, yeah. and Tack and Miles. Yeah, I mean, we're a long way away from that right now, unfortunately. We are a long, long way away from that. And that, uh, to me, is one of the tough things about the situation that the Browns are in on this defensive line is, you're right, you've invested third round Jordan Elliott. And now he played better as the year went on, but you're certainly not saying that's our you know number one defensive tackle. I thought Taven Bryan had some nice moments for you, but Tommy Togiai is – it looks, it appears that you know he's maybe on his way out. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's, it's happening there. Um, but you've got to be able to get, yeah, some interior help, but you're going to need more help on the edge. The year that we went to uh, the playoffs, which was 2020, uh, and you talk about it, Boy, I would have, this would have been a fun one to, to get you guys on. All right, real quick. Who was our leading tackler in 2020? Led the team with 91 tackles, 2020. Our leading tackler? Yep. In 2020. That's right. These years run together, man. They do. I'll give you a point. If, uh, uh, there's, I'll give you the – Would you, give you me, have known it if you without give, looking at it? Uh, yes. I would not have had number two. Uh, and I, you would have nailed it right away. Number one, yes. But just because I remember that season because of a play that happened at the end of the year. I would remember that he was our Mike linebacker. That's a good hint. They run together for me. Give it to me. You ready, Gibbe? Yep. DJ Goodson. No, not <clears throat> DJ Goodson's not BJ. Co- BJ, BJ Goodson is not coming out of my head, mouth. He was our Mike linebacker that yeah. year. Malcolm Smith was second. Carl Joseph was third. Our Malcolm, safeties the year that we went to the playoffs were Carl Joseph and Sendejo. That's right. Yeah. Were our safeties. Our line. Because that's your Grant gets hurt in And camp, then Ronnie comes over. And Ronnie and, comes over. And is good. Ronnie was really good. Yeah. Our defensive line was 
Miles and Olivier Vernon. Vernon had nine sacks that year. He was good before he got hurt. Remember that was people minimized that. No, too. he was. Yeah, he really was good. really good before that injury. The other that's the COVID year too. So none of us were in the building like that was wild. Sheldon I'm not Richardson sure I even ever met BJ Goodson. Sheldon Richardson <laughs> because that's COVID. I don't yeah. think so. Sheldon Richardson and Ogan Joby were. Sheldon was good. And then remember Adrian Claiborne. I do. He was our yep, third defensive end that year out of Iowa, right? Former first round pick. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember thinking it even in the moment that people here didn't appreciate Sheldon and Olivier for as good yeah. as they were uh-huh. in the moment. Yeah. Yes. That yeah. those guys were both. They were pros. Pros. They were pros. I love Sheldon. Oh, I love Sheldon. Oh my goodness, it's incredible. Great and he guys. was him and Ogan Joby in the middle. Yeah. 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 Those guys, Larry's one. You want to talk about got away. Larry Ogunjobi, he just yeah, he can play. Became a number. No, he, he lost in the number. He can play. He can play. Yeah, he can play. He was very good for Cincinnati. And Agba, yeah, Agba, he was gone. Agba was gone point. at that point, but like he's another one that's been a really nice pro. Oh yeah, Agba was gone the year before that for one for one for Eric Murray. Ugh. Yeah, it's a it is a you know forever you know you think about. You're trying to find something. We've gone into how many drafts since we've drafted Miles, saying we have to have somebody opposite Miles. Well, and that's what they, they hope is for right. But I mean, yeah. there was the early returns did not indicate that he's going to explode. Now, some people do. Some people takes a few years. They look at Hassan Reddick, and I'm not saying he's Hassan Reddick at all. But if you were to look at Hassan Reddick, who right now is maybe at least through the postseason the most dominant pass rusher in the league. Yeah, he was unbelievable. It didn't start like that for him. Yeah, at all. Let's see if I can pull him up. I think his first years in the league he had, let's see, San Reddick, year one, Arizona. was a first-round pick, remember, that year, uh, 13th overall. San Reddick in his first year, still, first-round pick, two and a half. Second year, four sacks. Third year, one sack. Mm-hmm. Last year in Arizona, 12 and a half. Goes to Carolina, 11. Goes to Philly, 16. Right, and it's not a coincidence that his For biggest sure. numbers come from the playing with the defensive line they have in Philly. No doubt. But still, three but yeah. three years in a row, double-digit sacks, three different teams. Is yeah, now he's on it. Unprecedented yeah. and pretty good. Yeah, he's, a, he's absolutely on it and, and a big part of it. Um, how will the edge rushers look different under Jim Schwartz in 2023? We'll see some more wide alignments. You will see those guys be able to move around the line. So not a ton. What's going to be different is the personnel. The personnel is going to be different. This thing could be wildly different up front. I mean, I would say right now Garrett and Wright are 100% on the roster. Isaiah Thomas, seventh-round pick. I like him. I think they like him too. But, yeah, it's, it could be it could look completely different here. Uh, and it's a room that you need to deliver. You need guys up front who can deliver for you. You know, there really and there aren't free agent answers and those guys cost a lot of money for a reason. Yeah. You know, Davenport's a guy that has flashed Marcus Davenport, who the Saints traded up for a few years ago. He's had moments, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that's one of the reasons why he's likely to be a free agent. He was the fourteenth overall in two thousand and eighteen. in twenty twenty one he had his best year nine sacks. Last year he had a half a sack. The year before in 2020, he had 1.5 sacks. So no consistency whatsoever, but, you know, good tape, good clay per se, 6'6", 270. But what's he going to fetch on the open market? I haven't got to come half a half a half a sack, yeah. you know? 
It's this room. It's got to look different. It's got to look different and it's got to be productive. And there's got to be somebody that can consistently help take pressure off of miles Garrett. I mean, you think about this year and what was so difficult for our team and it was really simple. Let's just run it down. Let's go through it here. Miles Garrett, 16 sacks as Gibbe noted tied for second in the NFL, obviously led our team, right? Who was the running buddy for him? Who, who helped him out in that category? Well, the answer was Taven Bryan was second with three sacks. Yeah. Deion Jones was third with two and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Deion Jones played 11 games and joined the team midseason as an off-ball linebacker. With two sacks, he had Jacob Phillips, an off-ball linebacker, who played seven games. Yeah. So that's from Blitzes. Jordan Elliott, two sacks. Clowney, two sacks. Then you get to Martin Emerson, one. Taki Taki, one. Winovich, one. Isaiah Thomas, one. I mean... Nobody, nobody else. As a group, we had 34 sacks. 16 of them were Miles Garrett. And in fact, of the defensive line, take Miles out of it. The entire rest of the defensive line, you had three from Taven Bryan, two from Elliott, two from Klein. That's seven. Winovich one, Thomas one. That's nine. The rest of your defense, and Perion Winfrey got a half. Togia got 10 sacks from the rest of your entire defensive line. Perion Winfrey was robbed of two sacks, by the way. Just like that should be noted. All right, so... If you look at this and you say, how do you improve upon it? You tell me what's wrong about what I'm saying. Adding to the defensive end room. You do that in draft. You're going to you're gonna draft a defensive end with one of your picks. And then probably a cheap free agent. A veteran either looking to play with Miles and get a good year. Similar to what, I mean, Clowney was the apex of that two years ago. So somebody like that. Someone or someone who hasn't blossomed, like similar to Tack, right? A guy who was a first round pick who hasn't worked and somebody on a cheap like one year deal. Someone on a cheap one year deal. So that's our cheap free agent, and then you're gonna draft one. Defensive tackle, you've got to draft one and you need to do a free agent. Yeah, I would say that a defensive end, if you brought back, let's say Winovich on a cheap deal and another guy that was like a little bit higher rent than him I think you could get away without drafting a defensive end this year because you've got two guys that are right is very young yeah and Thomas that you drafted a year ago so you could get away without a draft pick but you need I think two people need to be brought in one certainly of consequence the other with the potential to be of consequence you need a guy you tell me what's wrong about this you need to bring in a guy of consequence at defensive end and defensive tackle there's nothing wrong with that it's accurate it's got to have it yeah yeah and maybe maybe two that's why I mean the D tackle thing. It, it's a second or third rounder. Like, look, it's, you got to hit on it. Defensive tackle Jordan Elliott and Perion. Perion needs to become a pro. If he does, he has the gifts to become a very important piece. Elliott, I feel like is what he is. You need to add a number one, and then maybe a specialized number two, which would be just like a beefy space eater for early downs. You could get away with a rotation that had a real number one. A, a big like space eater and then Elliot and Winfrey is your rotation. You could get away with that. And Taven Bryan, I think I, you have no problem bringing him back as a rotational player, but he's not going to be your one. No. Or two. Right. Maybe your two. If you had a real one. Yeah. But you have to do, you have to land on all these things because this, you are in the middle of miles prime. You have three monstrous needs. You're exactly right. And they come, two of those monstrous needs are on the defensive line and the other is a speed receiver. Yeah. So those are your, those are your off season check marks kids. Uh, but this is a spot where 
or one of those boxes needs to be checked. Uh, luckily, we don't have to worry about left guard. That's taken care of. And he will join us from Vegas. Coming oh, up next, maybe. the great Joel Batonio. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. New way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Uh, let's head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. It was 14-ish, between 14 and 19 degrees this morning here. Um, what, what are you looking at this morning, Mr. Batonio? What, what's your temperature like out in the desert? Um, it's actually kind of chilly. I think yesterday was like one of the colder days they've had out here in Vegas. Um, I think we're in the 50s this morning, but I think okay. we're working our way up to the to the 60s. So, um, you know, it's not 15 to 19, but it's it's still a little bit desert chilly. <laughs> desert, <laughs> desert chilly. chilly. I Listen, love put that on a sh- on a t-shirt. Yeah, That's desert cute. chilly. Desert chilly. I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, same. Joel, fifth straight Pro Bowl for you. What's it like now? You've you've seen kind of many iterations: Orlando, Vegas. What's kind of your take on the Pro Bowl and the fact that now it's a completely different game or games than it ever was before? What's what's this one like for you as somebody who's seen kind of this recent evolution of the Pro Bowl year after year after year after year? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I think they're trying to make the whole experience a little bit more family-friendly for the, the guys that are they're coming out here making the trip of it. You know, they're trying to, you know, have more events for the guys and stuff. And, um, you know, Vegas is, is, is not the most family-friendly place anyway but um they've done a good <laughs> job say. of putting together some events you know and stuff we're actually we're on the strip this year last year we were kind of off the strip so guys were a little frustrated with that um but they're listening you know they're listening to the guys you know i'm not sure we haven't done the skills challenges and the new it's the pro bowl games this year so yeah right getting a good feeling for that you know i i got told yesterday that i'm in the uh last man standing which is like a <laughs> i think it starts with a water balloon toss so I, you know, like the good old back backyard game. So me and a partner, I don't know my partner yet, but we're gonna be some water lean toss. And then I think Saturday I'm doing like the gauntlet, which I got to push a sled for that or something. So I'm preparing. You know, it's not football, but I'm preparing to compete. Try and get, you know, I, I'm undefeated. You know, in Pro Bowl. So yeah, I'm trying to keep out. that record going. You know, Joel, how how do you how do you how can you be undefeated? How do, how how are we deciding a winner in all of this stuff? Um. You know, I don't – well, there's some sort of score this yes. time. I'm just yep. saying in the years I've played in the past, yeah. it's only been three because of COVID year. But I'm, right. we, we won on the scoreboard in those games. So um, here I don't know exactly how it is. I know the flag football is going to matter on Sunday, but I think all the, they have, you know, some like golf event. They have some yeah. other things like that. So, so there's, there's a lot going on to this, this, this each scoreboard. Each event kind of like a yard game, assigned. you know. Yeah. So this is like Battle of the Network Stars, old school. Yes. Like it's going to be an accumulation yeah. of points starting yes. Thursday through Sunday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so there exactly. Do you sense a kinship with your AFC mates to bring home whatever championship is available here? You know, I, I was talking to um, you know Justin Tucker yesterday, and he's doing um, you know I think one of the golf challenges and like the tic tac toe thing where they kick the ball through. Yeah, the which is and, impressive. You know, we were both talk. We were both on the same page of like. 
okay, we got to get a win here. So I think the guys are focused. You know, um, we'll see once we actually start competing in, in these events tomorrow. And you can answer this or not answer it. But yesterday there was some news. Tyler Huntley named to the Pro Bowl after appearing in six games. Was that like, was that any, was there any discussion of this at the, at the Pro Bowl out there of what, what's happened? Um, Josh Allen's going and playing golf and not playing in the Pro Bowl, and this is where we're at? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit, you know, from my perspective, a little bit disheartening because you want the Pro Bowl to mean something. You know, like you want to look at yeah. it like I had a great season and, and I made the Pro Bowl. And for a lineman, you don't have that many opportunities to get awards you know so you have all pro you have pro ball pretty much what you can get as a lineman you know sure. and, and respect your game and so it's kind of tough seeing like seven quarterbacks drop out in the afc you know and some of them are injured so you get it some of them are playing in the super bowl um you know some of them are playing golf so it's it's a it's a different world but um you know i, I think it, it's definitely disheartening in the sense where we want to you know we want to make the pro ball count for something and when it kind of gets into that situation you know it's definitely i think everybody looks at it and it's like all right this is a little bit off like something's going on here we gotta you know figure out a way to figure it out at least get guys to come here or you know you know make that decision joel in the old days with the pro bowl it was hawaii right you go to honolulu you play at aloha stadium uh you get a week with the family at a resort uh on the big island and away you go um and and they did away with that it would would that be appealing to you again um you know kind of taking it kicking it back old school to what it what it once was i think so you know i I, again i've talked to some of the guys you know obviously joe thomas and marshall yonda and some of those guys that got to play in those hawaii games and they said the players enjoyed that trip um a lot more uh than than they've had in the past it is it is a little bit farther for some guys um i don't know if we'll ever get back to like playing a game like like full speed um you just don't want to get injured. You don't want to get banged up. Like right. the season matters so so much that like, could you imagine going out there and being an O line that's practiced together for like two days and been like, all right, we got to block Miles, TJ, um, <laughs> Chris Jones. You know, like like these four like all pro guys, and it's like full speed, like good luck quarterbacks. Like you know, yeah. it, it, it's just not possible in the in the time frame that you have. So I think you know, changing up the the style is is important, but making an event that the guys want to go to is, is also important. Is there, I'm always curious about this because, you know, in, in your head you have, you know, like the Pro Bowl as an ideal and you think, oh, they were playing hard and there's that famous video of like Sean, Sean Taylor. Taylor just crushing a guy <laughs> and, and you go like, well, you know, can you play football in an exhibition format? Like what is the percentage? Is it 80% where you feel like you're still playing football but – also not going to get hurt like what is the what is the how can you is there a governor on your effort how do you do that right it's really like a fill out especially for o-line d-line a fill out like kind of sesh like it's like all right how's this guy going you know and it's really the extra stuff you're not like finishing guys over a pile or you're not um you know taking the extra shot on a guy or if you know the rush is over you know it's it's uh it slows down but it's really guys are are trying to protect themselves um and so and you know it's funny because i I remember watching joe thomas when i was a rookie and he was going and jj watt was like flying off the ball and i was like man that looks like intense you know what i mean like that looks like a tough tough game to to play in but there's so many rules where you can't blitz you can't do other things that if one guy's going hard you can kind of slide the line his way or or make an adjustment in that sense (laughs) just like that (laughs) <laughs> it's just like a respect thing with with uh 
the guy you're going across from, like, how hard are you going to go? How hard am I going to go? And you kind of just fill it out from there. I would imagine that's dictated by the defensive guy more than the offensive guy, right? Like, what a, what's oh, the defensive it's a, guy it's a, giving it's me? Always <laughs> dictated by the de- always dictated by the defensive guy, but they <laughs> always think for some reason it's the offensive guy's decision. But it's, you know, <laughs> that's part of it. All right, so five straight for you. You are joined now by Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, and Wyatt. All four of you, back-to-back years. Is that is that pretty cool to see that core of guys kind of repeat and, you know, the fact that two guys on the line, you know, the guy you blocked for there as well? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, we had some lean years in Cleveland where it was, you know, one guy making it or or no guys. And, and so to have, you know, four guys in, a, in back-to-back years is, is, yeah. is pretty impressive. And, you know, I mean, Miles is one of the best in the league at his position. Nick is one of the best, you know. Wyatt is one of the best at his position. So just have those guys respected and get, and get the honor to, to come um, to, to Vegas and, and represent the Browns is pretty cool. And I think, you know, the more often you come, um, I think you get a respect from other teams and, and you see like, oh, the Browns got four guys, you know, coming here and stuff. So it's it's definitely cool. And uh, I wouldn't want to, you know, be here with any other guys. So it's, it's, it's awesome to have those guys here. You've made a bunch of these now, bud. Um, is, there, is there somebody from another team who you look forward to seeing and, and having this uh, and, and catching up with? You know, it's always it's always uh, the linemen, you know what I mean? Because, like, mm-hmm. cause yeah. you always want to just, like, you, you, you tear war, war stories. or And it, it seems like every O-line in the league is the same, like, personality-wise. And so, you know, you, you come and you tell these stories or a coach they played with or another guy they played with, and you just get to interact with them. So it, it's been cool. And this year we have some new guys. Uh, coming down the line, which which helps. You know, I met Ben Jones this morning. He's a center for um, Tennessee, and and just a, a good guy. And and you get those relationships, and then it, it's nice because when you play those teams, it's like, oh, you remember the Pro Bowl? Like, how's it going here, and how's it going there? So it was cool. I think when I was early in my career, it was like, like I remember getting on the elevator with Drew Brees at the Pro Bowl Hotel the first time I went there, and his kids were there, and I was like. I mean, this is pretty surreal now. Like, you know, what is going on <laughs> in my life? So there's some moments like that too when I was younger that were that yeah. were pretty special. And hey, now you're the you're the old head there. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable, isn't it? Like, do you to yeah. think of that that you know I was the guy who was like starstruck to be in the elevator with Drew Brees, and now you're there every single year. You're a staple. So I do have to ask because I thought it was a great question about you know guys you look forward to see. Do you guys get to go like? break bread and and have like big steak dinners on the uh on the strip at all yeah it's it's it, i mean they, they've made it now where they have events and they have like yesterday most guys were getting into town so we haven't even had really like a team meeting yet you know it's kind of been individual but yeah, yeah. i mean um you plan on going uh you know i, I don't know if fans want to see this but you know I'll, I'll be at dinner with uh justin tucker tonight you know baltimore ravens guy um pat ricard who's a fullback for their them um, we'll be there. Big we have like eight or ten guys coming out, you know, and so it's just you, you you know these guys, you compete against them, but you're all here for the, you know, the same reason and you can enjoy some food and, and some time with the families. And I would say in years past when you actually played a game, you said you're 3-0 when they actually played a game, there have to be practices and you'd have to yeah. have basic plays and you'd have to sh- – there's no game. Like, you guys don't need to practice. Right. Are you going to practice balloon tossing? Well, so, like, what are you guys? Manning's the coaches. Yeah, what are you guys doing during the days? Are you meeting with Peyton Manning to well, go through your? Yeah, like Joel. I really like you on the so wheelbarrow, today, brother. Today I, <laughs> <laughs> today I have a I have a little uh, like walkthrough thing because you know to show us what we're doing. Um, so it's definitely not. Pra- yeah, we used to have like three practices before we do it, and and 
and go out to the field and go over the plays. They'd have an install of the playbook. So there was a lot that kind of went on. And now it's it's really like your event that you're doing, you have to know and understand. I think I think it is Saturday we actually have a practice at the stadium, so we're going to go through everything there. I think they're going to practice the flag football portion of it. Um, Sunday's the game. Thursday's the skills event tomorrow. So that's when I think the, the water balloon toss is uh, is coming out for, for me. Um, we'll see if I have some soft hands or not. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. But, there, no, there's they have different events. Like we're going to golf um, tomorrow night. It's, nice. a, it's a welcome party. Um, I think 21 Savage is going to be there. I, I'm not huge on his music. I don't know his music that well, but I think that's a pretty big name. So yeah. well, uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I played that on the way home from third grade basketball practice upon request last night, Joel. Not for the kids. <laughs> not for the kids. Not for the not kids. For the kids. Yeah. Not for the kids. No. <laughs> so, like, do you even have to have a helmet there? Are there Pro Bowl jerseys or uniforms this year? Like, you don't need your pads, oh, right? True. Like, you don't need pads, do you? No. I think Jimmy, Jimmy in our equipment room said he was sending me two pairs of cleats, a turf pair and a and a um, grass pair, and you know, depending on which one I wanted to, to use. I did get a pro ball jersey. I don't know if we're going to wear these ones, but you know, they give you you know a couple pro ball jerseys to. So they did design up one. Or, okay, or cool. Give out. They did design one, um, but I think we're probably going to be wearing like jersey T-shirts, you know, for like the flag game and stuff. I'm wondering if like they're going to let linemen like sneak in to play some tight end or yes. something like yeah. that. You know, during the game, you're going to go to Peyton and say, "Hey, I got soft hands here, pal." Yeah, because he's calling plays, sport, right? Is it, close, it Peyton your game, coach? You know, I mean, yeah. his mom he prefers the probably AFC. get like Tyree kill the ball as much as possible. I feel like he's <laughs> tough to tackle in real life, so flags would probably make flags. it even, even tougher. Shifty hips. I'd like to see because Joel's a legendary hoopster. I'd like to see like some hoops element brought in, either a three point contest, a dunk contest, something like yeah. that. I was thinking, like, you could do, like, a whole yards day game of, like, you got ping pong, you got cornhole, you can do, like, a horse game. Shuffleboard? Like, like, all these things. Shuffleboard. Um, oh, yeah. You things that, like, guys that are going to get really competitive in, but you're not going to have a chance to get hurt, you know, doing those right. things. Right, right. Would you say shuffleboard, do you feel like your shuffleboard would trap? Are you a Pro Bowl shuffleboarder as well as a Pro Bowl left guard? I think with the amount I played with JC, you know, that, like, yeah. That training camp off season. I think it has to travel. Just that feel of a board, you know, all boards yeah, a little no different, different and stuff. But just having that feel of the puck in your hand, I think, would give me a, a advantage. I think your first ballot, Hoff. On the, yeah, on I think the you need board. to. I think you should pitch that. You'll be yeah. back. So yeah. pitch that. Listen, Peyton. <laughs> hey, why don't we get that in the games next year? Advantage for the AFC. I like it. Joel, great stuff, no, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah, man. Congrats. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Uh, one of the best. Uh, we love you to death, and, and thank you so much for joining us out there, pal. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, I always enjoy uh, coming on and, and discussing this stuff, so it's great, and, <laughs> and hopefully we can bring the AFC a win this week. Let's go. One way or another. The great Joel Batonio, <laughs> thank you so much from Vegas. Joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Yeah, I was curious as he was going through all of that. Like, I knew that it was a point accumulation, yeah. but I didn't know if it was Thursday through Sunday. And I, Is it weighted? Or yeah, something flag football's than, weighted. Flag yeah. football's got the heaviest weight. And that was a good question. Like, does it is flag football played with everybody? Like, or is Joel, does Joel even play in that game? Right, does he even get or is it seven on seven where you're just – Guys going out for passes. Yeah. I think probably the latter. I but think wouldn't it's you want the bigs out there too? Like, 
Have the bigs go out for some passes? It'd be great. Some big man touchdowns? Yeah. It'd be awesome. I just think it's Run hilarious. Like, they don't even need to bring their helmets. That, to me, was always one of the coolest things about the Pro Bowls. Everybody yes. was in the same uniform, <laughs> but then the helmet told you that they're at what team, and I yeah. always thought that visually was really cool. How did they do it in, in, the, uh, in the bygone era where you had the actual game, and they went to Honolulu, and they had the uniforms and the helmet? How did they do it to where the guys who played in the Super Bowl were also in the Pro Bowl? Because... If, if I'm, I'm thinking not mistaken, back, it was after. It must have been like two weeks after the Super yeah. Bowl or a week after the Super Bowl because I remember just from like the pro. Remember, Pro Set would do like all pro or the Pro Bowl trading cards. Do you remember these as a kid? Yeah, of course. And they would have like the Pro Bowl cards. And like the year that the Niners won it, Montana was from, in the game. From Rice was in the game. 1970 to 2009, the Pro Bowl was usually held the weekend or two weekends after the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. That does always after the Super Bowl, <laughs> always in Hawaii prior to 2016. To the change weeks. was made 2010. I wonder what the reason for that was. What was the benefit of? They probably felt like we had this dead weekend. Let's. Yeah, but then you don't get. Then you get what you get. You get nobody in the Super was Bowl there, in it. Was there a dead weekend between the championship games and the Super? There Bowl? wasn't always. I think it yeah. was next week. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't always a dead weekend in between. You used to be able to. That would make sense. This was, yeah. I mean, it's always they're thinking that this is the way to make the most money, right? Right. I think I I think this will be fun if you remember it's on tomorrow night. I think it'll be fun. Like I think my kids would like it. Is my guess. Yeah. Um, I'll check it out. I'm curious. I'll be curious to just see how they execute it because it'll really it's really like a rock and jock thing. Yeah. Like, slash Nickelodeon. Which could be slash, fun. Slash like Ninja Warrior. What channel is it on tomorrow? Night? I think it's Espen. On ESPN, oh, but yeah. but I do think that the uh, the ratings for it will be way down from yeah. a game yeah. on Sunday. Like, but I, they'll say if we add up our ratings from Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Well, is there is there a multi platform that ESPN? Well, probably. Yeah, so and ESPN's ESPN probably say, well, immune to it anywhere. All of our platforms, right? But there will like last year it was six point nine million, so I think that that will take a pretty big hit. With doing so. a flag football game. Like, as appealing as the Mannings are and appealing as some of this stuff is to all of us, a traditional game, like, you still get, you still could get pulled into a traditional game. Like, rather than, what exactly am I watching? Yeah, the hard part is, and I think Joel kind of alluded to it, is it would be difficult for an offensive line to deal with these guys without the cohesion that it takes to but pass But how did they off. do it? For all those years, they did it. They did you know what's interesting is in the NBA, like the first three quarters are played, yeah. I think, ideally of like what you would like to see. Well, now in the then, NBA, they don't play any defense. Like they'll score 200 apiece. Like yeah. they just up and down But and once shoot. it gets to the – Then they go last five minutes they play. I yeah. wonder if like in 92, did the last quarter, did the NFC go try and win? Yeah, did they go crazy? I have no recollection Me of it. Me neither. I just remember liking it. And yeah. I don't remember – I remember the Lays and they're in Hawaii yes. and the uniforms. The I like you, you said like the helmets juxtaposed. Popped. Yeah. So it was you in know, blue or red usually. Yeah, yeah. AFC the, was red, NFC was blue, blue. and you could you was the easy helmet to, popped. Yeah, and then were, you had. Um, I was trying to think though. I don't remember there ever being a significant Pro Bowl injury. The only one I remember was Robert in Edwards was, but that was flag football flag on the, the beach. Sand. Beach football. Yeah, beach football. I was of all the things I remember watching live. I remember watching that. Live. I saw it live too. And yeah. went. I was like, ugh. You knew, but never in the game. Never that the I game. can recall. No, I always felt like there was an agreement, like. You know, tackle soft and John Taylor said, nah. He was the one who said, forget it, I'm not doing it. But like yeah, I don't know. I 
they they did it for years, and now they're like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall, seeing yeah. if it sticks. My hunch is that if you actually watched all of this, you'll probably think it's relatively entertaining. But my hunch is that overall, far fewer will. You're going to need the guys' personalities to really shine through, which I think people like because that's the tough thing with the NFL that they play in helmets that yeah. you don't really get to know who these guys are and see them joking around, the jocularity, all of that. You really need like a TNT crew yeah. on it. Yeah. Like you need to have people selling it, make it like Kenny sells well, the dunk contest. Like, Chuck sells it. Like McAfee you need that. doing the game on Sunday. That'll help, but That'll I think help. you need more of that. And you need the Mannings mic'd, like yes, you need all, which I'm sure they will be. Snoop mic'd. Yeah, you need uh, all of that. You coach Dog. Mr. Dog. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Well, in this case, Coach. Coach, yeah. All right, so much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Valley Bet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Quite a 24 hours in the league. Sean Payton, don't Denver, Tom Brady, retired. Two coaches, only two openings remain. Yeah. Quarterbacks dropping like flies in the NFC, just populating the AFC. They really are. They're all popping in. Yeah. But Tonio seemed 66% sure what he was getting into in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Not that many ideas. <laughs> like, part of the thing that's sad, though, is that Joe would say one of his favorite things about being there were the practices, getting to know the guys, and getting yeah. to just see, like, Peyton Manning throw a football, getting to yeah. see, like, what yeah. that was like. Yeah. And that's all gone. All that's gone. And we're going to catch balloons. water balloons and such. I have a great water balloon story. Too bad we're running out of time. I use them to uh, handle wild turkey and geese. That feels like... We're under attack. Is a T-Rex coming in? We have our we have plan. plan. I know we'd be okay. That's right. Can't speak for you, Gibbe. He sure would attract... I mean, I feel like that catches The red. Eyes. Yeah. He would see like the red a, and be infuriated. If a bull came in here right oh, now... Oh, jeez. Straight for Gibbe. Next level's next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.